Hey guys, welcome to the short-term show special episode series on Shenandoah, Virginia. A couple things I want to hit you with first before we get into the episodes. One, current purchase prices and current income data can be found on our website at theshorttermshop.com. So make sure you check that out because that can change all the time. Also, if you guys want to hang out with us and just talk about short-term rental stuff, you can do that with us and 60,000 of our closest short-term rental investor friends at our Facebook group. Same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and all of our podcasts if you can, because that really helps us out. Uh, You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Short-Term Shop YouTube, and then also follow us on Instagram at The Short-Term Shop. And if you're ready to buy a house with us in any of our 20 markets, you can email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com or really any of the avenues that I just gave you. Now let's get into it. There we go. Short-Term Shop special episodes. uh, How to buy an Airbnb. We are in Shenandoah. 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 How you doing, Alan? Doing good. Just got to find the unmute button. Good to be here. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. So, uh, Shenandoah Valley, beautiful, uh, beautiful area. We got houses for rent. And, uh, today we're going to talk about expenses. Um, and you know, how much, what do I put on a spreadsheet? That's that honestly, that's always pretty hard for me because you can, it can vary so greatly, you know, week to week, year to year, uh, month to month. Uh, but, uh, you know, you just come up with a, a general rule of thumb and let it rip. That's kind of always my style. Um, but, uh, uh, are we, are we looking, I guess, are we looking at cabins all the time? I mean, or not like, uh, what does the actual structure look like before we, uh, get deeper into the, uh, into the actual nuts and bolts? That's a good question. So in this area, you're going to see a lot of different variety. So you're going to see mountain markets, like stuff that's tucked right up against uh, Shenandoah national park. And a lot of that stuff's going to have more like a cabin look to it, where you got wood on the outside, wood paneling on the inside and, uh, lots of kind of like a rustic cabin looking furniture on the inside, but you're also going to see stuff that's uh, more gray and like, this is. This is the Virginia Piedmont. This is John Denver country. This is, this is like country roads. And so you're, you're having people drive around and you're seeing little, you know, cute little farmhouses, you know, red barns and kind of stuff like that. And, um, you know, as you, as you drive along Skyline Drive, the top of Shenandoah National Park, you're going to find these overlooks where you can see down in the valley. You're going to see this little patchwork quilt of like these little cute little red barns, silos and farm country. And you can see like there's properties online here that, uh, you know, on that are doing great in farm country that have a lot of uh, rural you know, just kind of you call it pastoral farmland, you little bit of Mayberry appeal to it. So it's a little it's a little bit of variety. So you're going to see log cabins, you're going to see like farm properties, you're going to see riverfront and then uh, even some, you know, downtown areas, cute in the downtown historic areas and like Luray, Stanley and places like that. So we can't have occasionally we can have a regular old house. Yeah, I would say that's not out of the question here. Uh, you can do you can do just fine with it. A lot a lot of times you're going to see like some additional appeal for you know having interior wood make it look more like a cabin. Uh, you know, one of the previous episodes we were talking about uh, you know some of the data where it looked like you know you could put up shiplap and shiplap actually does better than just like exposed logs in in some places. So it really depends on the market, but uh, design is going to be key to getting some good success behind you here. Okay, great. Um, well, let's just talk about the broad overview. You know, let, let's say, let's say I'm a noob, you know, I, I've never bought a house before. Uh, I guess if you're going to start writing down expenses, some, some general stuff you take into consideration, or at least the, the you know, most common month to month expenses, uh, electric bill, cable bill, internet. Um, what can I expect on a three, four bedroom house? Uh, as far as, uh, as those three things are concerned. Again, that's going to be a little bit uh, dependent on the area. There are some utilities that uh, they kind of trade out in this in this area. So the Shenandoah National Park and like the Shenandoah Valley, this region like touches eight or nine different counties in Virginia. So it's going to differ quite a bit. 
But as far as like electric, you're going to want to plan for electric, you know, internet service, uh, trash in some cases. And a lot of these properties, uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of them are on well and septic, uh, but some of them, even in these like, you know, resort communities that they're, they're still a little bit more removed. They've got public uh, water and public sewer. Um, so it's, it's going to depend wildly, but you, like from electric, you're probably going to want to see, you know, you'd probably plan on something north of 150 a month. Uh, larger properties go all the way up to, you know, you know, even $400 a month, depending on your electricity provider and the time of the year and the, all the, all that good stuff as far as high demand during the day. Um, you're also going to want to plan for you know, like gas and utilities. Some of these properties in the resort communities, they don't want to deal with like, you know, log fireplaces, you know, wood fireplaces. And so they'll have put in, you know, gas logs. And so you would definitely want to put into, you know, take into account, like you may need to uh, take into account like natural gas or propane, you know, refilling that propane tank every once in a while. So keep that in mind when you're underwriting expenses. Yeah, this is a, this is starting to get into a little bit of a colder region here, as opposed to most short-term shop markets where we're usually, you know, of course we're in Washington, but most of our stuff's going to be in the southeast. Where, I mean, hell, uh, you might be one of the only short-term shop areas where there would be maybe an actual furnace, you know, that kind of thing. And and I normally I would tell people get rid of that damn propane fireplace. We see them all the time in the Smokies and in uh, uh, Georgia and Blue Bridge and North Carolina, et cetera. But down there, so you know, it is rare that uh, it gets cold enough to to warrant you know dealing with propane or dealing with natural gas. Uh, now, now, natural gas stove, okay, that's a whole different thing. Everybody wants to cook on on the gas stove. That's way more awesome than than electric. But uh, guests and gas uh, fireplaces generally are pain in the rear end, in my opinion. I'll, I'll pull them out all my houses. I'll, I'll uh, get rid of it. Get, I'll even get rid of the propane tank if it's on propane because they're ugly. Um, and then I'll, uh, uh, electric fireplace and, um, and it's just so much easier. doesn't really get hot though. So where you're at, it's a little bit different what we're used to, you know, cause propane fireplace is going to put off some heat electric fireplace. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's more for looks quite frankly. Um, so th- that is, uh, you know, an exception to the rule. I've, I've been preaching for years, get rid of that damn propane fireplace, but where you're at, I think it'd probably come in really, you might be seeing some propane heat on occasion where you're at, like the yeah, actual furnace. Yeah, yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. It, it, like the Shenandoah region itself is, you know, here in Northern Virginia, where I'm based out of, like it gets pretty warm during the summertime and it doesn't get too cold. You know, and, and I've I've got a wood burning fireplace in my home, and I'll I'll keep the house heated, you know, pretty nicely with that. But over in the like the Shenandoah region, it gets colder and it gets deeper snow. So when we get snow, like we might get, you know, two or three inches here in like in parts of Northern Virginia, and the Shenandoah region is going to pick up like six to eight or ten. You know, so they're going to get a lot more snow than, you know, some of the other surrounding areas just because it is a mountain community. And, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot more wood burning fireplaces, you know, gas fireplaces and things like that. And it, it really depends. Like the cleaners here are not going to be like too persnickety about like, you know, hey, we're not going to deal with this or, you know, we're going to charge you extra for that. But it's going to be, uh, you know, case by case basis. Just make sure you know what you're getting into. And, yeah, like the propane tanks, like the external ones that are above ground, uh, not the prettiest thing. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt to put up a little barrier, a little vinyl fence around it, just to kind of make it make it a little bit more friendly to the eye. Um, but yeah, and every once in a while, you're going to find the propane tank that's in ground, and that uh, makes it a little bit easier. But often, you know, you got to keep in mind, like if you're planning on using natural gas or propane, uh, there are services around here that will um, you can either rent the tank or own it, and it depends. Like the rate you're going to pay is going to depend on whether you, you own it or you're leasing it, and Gotta keep in mind when you buy the property, that's uh, something you gotta keep in mind as well. Is like you know, whatever's in the tank is, is probably gonna be passed on to you as a, as a bill. And 
So yeah, keep that in mind. Maintenance ongoing and uh, just initial expense is something to consider here. Yeah. Uh, now here's a little trick. The propane company will come out and clean up your tank. Uh, they don't like to do that in the wintertime because they're busy filling tanks and that's when they're busy. Uh, but uh, if you've got a propane tank and it looks like crap, call the propane place. They will. And now you're going to have to call, in my experience, you're going to have to call them seven times. <laughs> but uh, they will come out and wash it uh, and paint it and make it, you know, I mean, it's still just this big, ugly thing. Looks like you go, uh, you can go submarining with this thing, but um, you, they will make it look as pretty as possible. And then again, it'll get gross. Every two or three years, I like to call back and make them do it again because, you know, it's already an eyesore. Let's make it uh, at least a little bit prettier of an eyesore. And um, I used to be super anti-pro uh, anti-propane heat, and then uh, uh, and then I bought a house with a propane heater, and uh, so I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this thing is all right. Um, it, it's a, it is what it is, and then you got to be careful with that propane because they're always changing the price on you too. There's two couple of different ways you can do it. You can call and have it filled in the beginning of the season, uh, and that number the summertime propane is way, way cheaper. Uh, wintertime propane is, you know, supply and demand. Uh, so uh, now that being said, if you're running anything other than just a stove uh, or a fr- fireplace, you're going to run through more than one tank. So then you're going to have to fill it up again in the middle of winter. It's going to be more expensive. So sometimes they'll do it where the propane is on demand. In other words, they just fill it all the time and charge you by how much you used. Uh, and that price, I think, is a little less variable. Um, I have one house that does it like that. Uh, honestly, I don't pay too much attention to the bill, but um, but uh, it's just something to be aware of. Pro- propane will fluctuate greatly, long story short, based on summertime versus wintertime. So if you can, fill your propane tank in the summer um, because it'll save you, you know, like two, sometimes even, you know, $2 a gallon or at least a dollar a gallon sometimes. Um, that's a pretty good, pretty good little trick. Um, internet. Uh, do we how many internet providers do we have? Is it going to be like just one internet provider per house, or there uh, multiples to pick from? Or well, there's generally going to be a couple of options to choose from. Uh, in some of the remote remote areas, you're going to see you know in places like Directv, Viasat, and you know, HughesNet, a couple of these satellite providers. Generally, uh, I don't have the the highest opinion of those companies just because some of the contracts can be pretty punishing. Uh, they don't have great service. Uh, so whenever possible, I recommend something like, you know, Starlink, uh, even their RV service, you know, because it's, you know, here in the East Coast, it's it's kind of hard to find service through Starlink, but you can get RV service every once in a while. And when you can, uh, it's generally going to be faster and more reliable than some of the other satellite providers. But you're also going to be like out in Bryce Resort, you know, closer to West Virginia. This is a resort community that's all seasons. They've got wintertime activities going on. We've got summertime, you know, downhill mountain biking. They do have good cell phone coverage out there. So you, you can have, you know, cell phone internet if, if need be. But that community is also putting in like fiber optic. So like this is, you know, this is something that's a little new. There's a company out there called Chantel. They're putting in fiber optic out there. And that's not something that's going to be available in every part of the Shenandoah region as far as short-term rentals go. But yeah, definitely be aware of uh, internet providers out there. Make sure you're setting expectations with your guests as well. So if you're in an area where you can't get high speeds, uh, that's not not a problem. And just make sure your guests know about it. Yes. I think Starlink's the future. I hope it's the future because I'm sick and tired. I li- we just had an issue this morning where I couldn't get on because my uh, my internet crapped out. We got struck by lightning, and then I was on a backup, and then the backup died. And it's just it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, you got to rely on the cable company and the whole nine yards. So I think Starlink is the future. I'm an Elon fan um, for the most part, and uh, you know he's a bit bit out there at times, but uh, I, I I'm on the list. I'm on the list for a Starlink. 
Um, and I hope that it happens at some point. It, it is a little discouraging about how long it's taking to get these units, uh, but uh, I do think it's a few. And hopefully, I'll throw another one out there. There's a guy named uh, uh, Viper. There's a, and I've been that's the one I was on this morning that died on me. But uh, but it does usually work pretty well. It runs off cell phone tower. Um, but uh, uh, you know, the, I agree with you on the on the the ones the, the Viasat and those and, and you know a Dish and AT and T have those as well. They're pretty much garbage. You use up, you know, if you watch a couple of movies, they'll shut you down for like the rest of the month, basically. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just it's part, of it, part of being in the mountains. It's part of being in the mountains. Sometimes you just got to figure it out. It's very similar to being in a motorhome or, or living on the road. Um, if, if you need to get online, you'll figure it out. But again, like, like you said, there's some more uh, Wi-Fi or some uh, uh, fiber is coming in, uh, which is cool. Sp- speaking of mountains, and you do get snow. Um, is that something I need to be, you know, planning ahead for? No, again, that's gonna gonna depend. So I've I've seen HOAs out there, and generally, especially in like Page County, you're gonna find most of the HOAs are short-term rental friendly. And when they are, uh, generally, they also take care of like snow removal, garbage collection, that kind of thing. Sometimes they also, you know, rope in some of the additional uh, other utilities like water, sewer, that kind of thing. But generally, you want to be aware of that. Uh, the cheaper HOAs are generally just gonna do stuff like road maintenance. So if it's like, you know, like $80, $100 a year or under, they may just do like road maintenance. And that may or may not include snow removal. Uh, you definitely want to make sure you're, you're aware of that. But if it's, you know, something like $700 a year, generally they're going to be taking care of like road maintenance and making sure, you know, the pavement's okay, accessible for people throughout the year. They're probably going to be also doing snow removal. They're probably including trash collection in that. So it's it's something to keep in mind. But generally, HOA expenses aren't, aren't super huge out here. And um, just something to be in mind. Uh, I would also say that, HOAs in some markets, like HOAs can be a downside. And here's not necessarily the case. A lot of the, the, the areas around here, especially the resort communities, the HOAs are geared towards, uh, you know, short-term rentals, or they are very friendly towards short-term rentals just because the area surrounding is, you know, essentially built on tourism. And uh, Page County is famous for that. Like they'll, they'll almost bend over backwards to try and accommodate you. And uh, a lot of the HOAs there reflect that. And it is funny. I was, you know, in a previous episode, I was talking with Avery about this and, uh, and, and John Bianchi as well as, yeah, the HOAs that are you know supposedly designed to protect you know keep you know property values high. Uh, here it's kind of the opposite. In these counties where tourism you know close to the Shenandoah and you know, National Park, if you've got an HOA that doesn't allow short term rental, your property values are actually uh, lower than what you'd see around the area. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, kind of the inverse of what you'd expect or what you know what people hope they're getting out of an HOA. But um, yeah, something to keep in mind. Yeah, we see that where I live as well. It's just a, such a heavy vacation. Um, you know, uh, there are certain folks that don't want to live next door to rentals and that's why those exist. But you're right. At the end of the day, uh, it can, in a, in a heavy vacation area, lower your, uh, you know, the property value. Um, so snow, yes, put it as a line item. You're probably going to need to get somebody out there to get some snow removed at times. Uh, average snowfall in this area is 22 inches a year. Just to give you a comparison, uh, average snowfall in the uh, Smokies is nine inches. So, uh, a little more than twice as much, which I mean, to me personally, I, I'm fine. That's that's got to be the top of the mountain in the Smokies, to be honest, because uh, it, it doesn't really, you know, when it's very rare that you get some 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 coverage down on the on the lowlands in the in the East Tennessee, in the Georgia, in the uh, in the North Carolina area. Uh, but uh, by comparison, if in uh, Colorado, you're looking at like 60 inches a year, like Denver, Colorado, 60 inches a year. So yes, there's some snow. Uh, it's not as common as it would be in other mountain areas out west, uh, uh, but it's uh, it's definitely something to 
sometimes if it snows hard and I'm in a situation in one of my cabins, uh, I might even just offer the guests to say, hey, you know, this is probably not a good idea, especially if you got a house that's way up the hill. I'm, a lot, I have found myself in the past offering a full refund to folks because of snow, which was beyond my control. And of course, I like to have my listing set up as no uh, refunds for weather. But, um, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Force these guys to come there when they can't even get up the hill, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, now we're getting into the management side of things, which is, you know, I mean, that's what I do. By the way, I have a podcast called Short-Term Rental Management. Uh, if anybody wants to check that out, I'd love to have you. Uh, but uh, uh, let's talk about uh, just landscaping in general. Do these houses have much grass or is it, t- I mean, most, uh, vac- you know, uh, mountain areas, you know, a lot of trees, not a whole lot of shrub growth or, you know, grass or anything like that is, uh, what are we doing there? Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, in the mountain communities, if you're going to have like, you know, property with a view deck, something like that, usually you're not going to have much in the way of landscaping to maintain. You might have somebody come down and put some mulch down just to kind of, you know, keep things at bay, yeah. but you're not going to see a lot of like lawn mowing and stuff like that. But as you get closer to like, say like riverfront property, you're going to have lots of like wide open spaces close to the Shenandoah river. And yeah, you're going to want to have, you're, you're only going to want to plan to have somebody come and maintain that for you. Cause you don't, you do not want to, you don't want to ask your cleaner to hop on a riding lawnmower and try and mow, mow three acres. Like that's going to be a specialized task. So keep that in mind. Uh, and again, like, you know, this is going to take in some rural properties. You're going to see some like farmland, you know, places with the cute little uh, barn condo or something like that. And yeah, you're going to have some landscaping that's associated with that. You know, and pool maintenance as well. Some of the, like most of the houses out here are not going to have like pools. Uh, to maintain but um yeah hot tubs and there, you you will be able to find cleaners generally they will be able to do hot tubs but they also have uh you know sa- you know pool sauna hot tub you know stores out here that'll be happy to drive out here i i mean i found i found stores out here uh, you know hot tub suppliers that are willing to drive you know 100 miles or more to to do service because they've already got clients out in that area so you know between landscaping you shouldn't have a problem there's lots of uh, local guys that'll do it for you, and uh, yeah, shouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah, I can hear Avery uh, hollering at me right now to talk. I mean, I'll throw some numbers out. Why not? Um, and uh, you know, I've got one house that's uh, I like to say it's three acres, uh, but it's not. It's probably you know, it's it's three parcels. Uh, it's probably a three quarters per parcel, something. Like that. And how I pay two hundred bucks a month for that one on the on the lawn care, which of course that's only going to be. You know they're going to shut you down around Halloween somewhere in that area. And, well, you know that's a, I mean that's almost three acres worth of grass for two hundred bucks a month. Uh, not have that much grass, even if you've got that much land, you know. But I've got another one. I got another house. It's uh, it's got a it's a steep one, you know. Get steep, uh, and it's probably got a half an acre of grass. And I think I pay. Well, I'll be honest, I don't even want to pay on that. And I don't want my guy to hear this because I've had him for so long. He's undercharging me. Uh, but I think probably somewhere around 100 bucks a month would be uh, a really small piece of grass and some weed eating, you know, just like almost like a house you live in kind of thing. Of course, things are going up. Even that's probably low at this point, you know, things are going up, up so fast all the time. And uh, constantly dealing with these insurance rates and prices of a Subway sandwich going up, you know. But, uh, just throwing out some random numbers there. Carpenter bees, do you have those? I would assume so, but uh, I don't know for sure. Yeah, that's a big deal out here. Well, I, I shouldn't say like a big deal, but it is common out here. So we just, you know, we went through a house inspection in this past week and there were carpenter bees in the deck. They're not like a huge issue. You can deal with them. You can you can, you can can pay your exterminator to get rid of them, treat for them. Um, but yeah, they are out here. Yeah. For me personally, I, I, I factor in the carpenter bee uh, repairs as part of my stain job or the paint job on the, ha- on the home. So I'll just factor that in at a five or 10 year basis. 
And I think a paint or a stain on a, you know, I, man, I, I've, I've seen numbers all over the place on that. Anywhere from 5,000 bucks to 12,000, 15,000 sometimes. It depends on who you're calling and uh, what products they're using. Are they using a lift? How big is your house? But just a general regular old house, I'd say probably seven grand or so to stain, maybe eight grand. It's hard to throw numbers out there as fast as the American dollar seems to be changing lately. But, but I'm just... Uh, staining was on my list, so I already covered. Now, to me, the staining and the uh, carpenter bees are the same thing because the guy that stains the house is usually going to fill in those carpenter bee holes and make it look pretty. Um, and uh, uh, are a lot of these things? Are you guys on crawl space in uh, in your market? No, it depends. I've seen a couple of places that have uh, crawl spaces, but a lot of them are going to have like uh, basements. Most of the properties I've been seeing lately have uh, had like walkout basements associated with it. I think there's been like one or two that have had crawl spaces, but yeah, it's mostly like walkout basements that kind of thing. Okay. Um, can they be hanging off the side of a hill up, you know, in other words, like going up the mountain, there's the house on the side right there and it's big you know, basement, uh, ha half hanging off the back and like mostly dirt on the front. Is that, is that what I'm dealing with sometimes or? Every once in a while you find a property like that, but this is, I mean, you got to keep in mind, this is a different part of the Appalachians. Like it's not nearly as steep as parts of the Rockies. Like you're going to find like every once in a while, like a, almost like what you'd call like almost a cliffside house where you got like it's a pretty steep uh, slope, but most of them are not going to be like hanging off the side of a hill. It's going to be you know a pretty gentle slope. That's just like even saying that. Like there are some roads to get up to these that are going to be pretty steep. That are going to rival what you're going to find in the Smokies and you know other places. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be like hanging off the side of a mountain. It's uh, it's fairly reasonable, but still you're going to have to factor in like some of these places are hard enough to reach for for most vehicles uh or not for most vehicles but for like construction vehicles they don't like going back up in some of these more remote places that are going to have like the best views and so you're going to pay a little extra for that just to factor that in yeah sometimes when they're hanging off the cliff that you know you might need to take that into consideration as far as shifting and things like that but uh um doesn't seem like there's a whole hell of a lot of that going on out there um now let's talk cleaners um Again, a broad spectrum, but let's say three-bedroom house. So two-bedroom, three-bedroom, four-bedroom house. You got uh, different price ranges for, for those size houses. Yeah, I'm saying typical for like a you know, three-bedroom up is going to be, you know, 175 up to 280 for a clean, depending on like how big the house is, you know, what you're asking them to do as far as like changing out linens, all that kind of stuff. If they're doing off-site laundry or, you know, whatever else they've, they've got going, you're wanting between 175 and 280 for like an average size house out here. I would expect those to be going up too. Um, gasoline, price of automobiles, all that stuff seems to be going up. Uh, and if I seem distracted, Alan, it's because I just got a booking for one of my houses and uh, it was a big one. And uh, I shouldn't be looking at that, but sometimes you just can't help yourself, man. I just got a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, why not? Uh, $4,029 booking uh, for next summer, as a matter of fact, which is pretty rare. I, I try to keep my super high that far in advance, but uh you better believe I'm going to go back and make sure I got as much as I should have for that one. But I think that number sounds pretty damn good. $4,000. How many nights was it? Oh, hell yeah. Four nights. So it's a thousand bucks a night. And that's after all the taxes and stuff. So um, I will take that. I will take that. I'm not going to give her away, but uh, uh, where did she go? Cashflow uh, Carl. Mrs. P. Mrs. P. Cashflow Carl. Mrs. P, thank you for the booking. You're going to enjoy that home. I promise you it's going to be beautiful. All right. So uh, where, where the hell were we? Oh, expenses. Yeah. <laughs> so um, cleaners. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking cleaners are going to go up. Um, and, and the good news is there are more cleaners than there used to be. So, uh, again, supply and demand is, is kind of keeping those prices uh, leveled off, which is great, and more options for us as hosts to, uh, to pick from. 
but uh, you know, everything in the world is going up. So um, I would expect to see a little bit of increase on the cleaning fees, but you know, somewhere in that range that Alan was uh, was talking about. Um, do you have hot tubs? Yeah, hot tubs are pretty uh, pretty commonplace out here. I would say like if you want to do well for a short term rental, you got to have a hot tub out in this area. And so, yeah, definitely be picking and choosing properties you can put a hot tub. If it doesn't already have one, pick and choose one that you can actually site one on. And I would say probably more important than a, a fire pit is a hot tub. So if you've got a fire pit there and that's the only place that the, the hot tub can go, I'd say consider taking out the fire pit and putting the hot tub in there and then kind of find, finding another place for the fire pit to go. But yeah, hot tubs, uh, there are, again, there are, there are vendors out here that'll uh, not only like sell and install the hot tub, but they'll come out and service it for you for a reasonable charge. And you're going to find cleaners every once in a while that'll do the same thing. You know, oftentimes they've got other hosts that they're working with. They, you know, service their hot tubs. They know what to do. They may not always like, you know, drain it every single time. Um, you can sometimes talk them into doing that. Uh, just be upfront with them. Just make sure you're like, if you want them to drain it and clean it every time, uh, they'll probably charge you some additional, but uh, make sure you know what the expectations are. And, uh, and if they don't know how to do it, maybe you can educate them. There's uh, oftentimes... An opportunity for growth there. You can, they can grow their business, and uh, you can you can improve your your guest experience at the same time. I thought uh, hot tubs are all over the board right now. It's so, we're in such a difficult time to give out numbers on things, but you know I think the lab I bought was somewhere around seventy five hundred bucks, and and I've heard them all the way up to ten grand. Um, so and here's my thing on hot tubs: you've got to have a nice hot tub. If you've got a situation where your washer and dryer are kind of junky and your Water heater is, you know, creeping up there a little bit. Now, water heater is difficult because that's not going to ruin your house if you don't do it right, you know, if, it, if you let it go too long. Uh, what else? Refrigerator. Between a dishwasher refrigerator, which is nowhere near seven grand usually, but uh, uh, and a, a hot tub. I'm going new hot tub every time because that hot tub gets you reviews way more so than the refrigerator. Now you need to have nice everything, in my opinion, to really get a, set yourself apart from everybody else who might not have nice everything. But if you're, if your budget is, you know, a little tighter and you got a lot of old appliances, maybe you bought a house in New York, I'm going straight for that hot tub every time because I know that those folks are, are getting right in that. It's a big part of their vacation. And if it's old and nasty, they're used to, you know, Everybody's seen an old nasty fridge. It just, you know, it happens. Not say not to say that your house is going to have a nasty one, but these folks a lot of times never even seen a hot tub or it's their first experience or they only get to see one every few years as opposed to a refrigerator which they see and touch every day. So their perception on this thing is going to be a whole different thing and their their expectations are through the roof. So um, my money is very well spent on a new on a new hot tub if at all possible. You mentioned fire pits uh Firewood, do I need to work that in? Uh, is somebody going to deliver it? Uh, how does that work? That's going to depend. I actually uh, stayed at, uh, at a place down in Wintergreen, which is one of the all-season resorts down in this area, in the, uh, the southern end of the Shenandoah region. And they actually stocked firewood for their guests. Uh, I did not, I had not seen that before, but that's something you, you definitely check in with your HOA or your condo association and see if that's something they provide. But uh, yeah, firewood is going to be something you want to keep in mind around here. And also, like, I, I don't know if this is the same in other markets, but here in Virginia, they get pretty persnickety about where you source your firewood from. Um, like you cannot bring it from county to county here in Virginia. They get they pretty, get pretty persnickety about that. So if your guests are planning, or if you're asking your guests to provide their own firewood, make sure that they know. Uh, you know, give them like four or five places locally where they can get it and bring it in. And uh, you know, if you're if you're storing stuff on site there, make sure it's 
you know, in a guest friendly, accessible place. Um, but yeah, if, this is why some of the guests are, or I guess some of the hosts are going to, um, you know, propane or natural gas. But yeah, if you've got, if you've got a wood burning, uh, fireplace or stove or something like that make sure you're you're getting the the firewood from the right place uh you don't want to get on the bad side of any anybody who's on the county 100 percent, 100 percent. i actually don't know what it would cost to get fireplace delivered uh, any idea uh for a fire pit out here it's going to depend like you're going to find people who are going to do like fire pits that are going to be uh like built in and anywhere from like you know glass bead you know like bedding to you know built into you know, just a little solo stove sat on the ground on a gravel pit with the, you know, some landscaping and some chairs stacked around it. Doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be fancy. Um, right. You can get, get away with pretty simple. I'd say probably uh, with local labor and stuff like that, a decent job. You can probably do it for 800, 1200. Oh, to build the fire pit. Yeah. Yeah. I got, you. I bet you the gas stations have, it's in a pinch. They can usually pick some up somewhere, you know, local. Um, and, uh, what about maintaining the road? Uh, is the H- HOA going to be in charge of my road? Is the county in charge of my road? Am I in charge of my road? So you, this is not going to be universal across the way. Uh, the HOAs will oftentimes maintain the road, especially if it's going to be like a higher price. If you're paying more than like three or $400 a year for HOA, it's likely going to involve road maintenance, but even some of the, the smaller ones, like that may be the only thing they do is maintain the roads, but that doesn't mean it's going to be paved. Uh, it may just be that they're doing gravel and, you know, grading it once in a while. And sometimes it's a neighborhood agreement. You know, it's totally outside of an HOA. You know, just one neighbor in the neighborhood, you know, is willing to, you know, maintain the roads once or twice a year for, you know, 600 bucks that everybody kind of punches up every once in a while. But the HOAs that are going to be like higher priced, you know, like more than three or 400 a year, they're going to be doing the roads. They're going to be doing road maintenance, snow removal, that kind of thing. And uh, just just make sure you're keeping an eye on it. Here in Virginia, an interesting thing to keep an eye or keep in mind with HOAs is, they have a brand new law that came in place on as of July 1st. And time stamping this is we're in the middle of uh, July 2023. And so as of July 1st of this year here in Virginia, when you are buying a home, they have to disclose. The HOAs have this form that they now have to fill out. It's a 26 to, I think, 26 point long uh, form that they have to fill out. And they have to disclose like not only the finances, the HOA, any assessments that are coming up, um, any requirements, any restrictions, or anything else like that. And everybody is filling out this like uniform uh and it's required. And so you do, you definitely want to make sure you're getting a full packet, make sure they're touching all 23 of the, I'm sorry, 26 of those points. And that should give you a, good, a pretty good idea of what the HOA covers and does not cover. Yeah. Well, just to wrap things up on this um, uh, somewhat boring subject that is a nece- uh, necessary, um, you know, that is necessary. Uh, a couple hundred bucks a month for electricity, a couple hundred bucks for uh, internet, hundred bucks for the lawn and, uh, and then just let it rip, you know. Now, I will say uh, a couple ways, another couple of things that we can talk about. It will be very similar to your primary home, right? Maybe not yours, but a similar size primary home as far as what the expenses are going to be because um, this home functions as if somebody's living in it, you know? And then uh, also you can call, you can call the electric company. And in most cases, they will tell you what the last several electric bills was home. Hey, I'm thinking about buying this house. It's real. Um, is there any way you can tell me how much the, uh, you know, the most expensive or maybe even the whole last year, the electric company is going to give you that. The propane company is going to give you that in most cases. Uh, sometimes they may make the seller sign off on that or call in and say, it's okay to give you permission, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, if you trouble with it, just dive a little deeper at the end of the day, you know, don't overthink it. Uh, and, uh, and, and quite frankly, it's going to be fairly simple to pay in wherever you, wherever you live. Alan, did we miss anything? I think that about covers it. Okay, wonderful. You're always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure to hang with you. Nice to see you. 
Great to be here. I'm very grateful to be here. I teach management Monday, by the way. If you buy a house with a shop, you'll come uh, hang with me every Monday. Um, and uh, out managing a property and, of course, uh, short-term rental management. But on behalf of Avery and the short-term shop, great to be here on uh, special episodes for Shenandoah, uh, Reverend Luke, Cashflow Carl, and Alan Taylor. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody.